0: Greetings and welcome to the first episode of season three of the Ideas Podcast. I'm Daniel Lazar and I'm proud to be the founder and faculty advisor to the John F. Kennedy School Ideas Club. And since we're launching a new season with a new leadership team and hopefully some new listeners, allow me to revisit. of our mission statement ideas was born of the demand that in our time of crises in our age of anxiety when democracy is fragile when intolerance is increasingly tolerated we must intensify our efforts to create a safe but a challenging space to discuss and to celebrate diversity the Ideas Podcast provides a forum for Ideas members and our esteemed guests to grapple with vexing issues pertaining to our core mission. This is the first episode of Season 3 of the Ideas Podcast. If Season 1 was for exploration and experimentation, and Season 2 refined our podcast's voice and tone, Season 3 promises to further explore and refine our voice, and to reach out to new listeners. In fact, in this episode, we'll dive deeper into exactly what Season 3 has in store for us. But before we do, allow me to express my heartfelt gratitude to the Outgoing Ideas leadership team, Hannah Cook, Jacob Reuter, and Lily Walker. In the throes of exams and with their gaze on their bright futures, Uh, They might not even listen to this episode. But I would be remiss if I didn't seize this platform to humbly declare that it was a bona fide pleasure to support them as they worked assiduously to embody and spread the idea's mission. You three, (laughs) you three, you're so brilliant and motivated (laughs) and intense. I really admire all of you on so many levels. I respect you three, and I enjoy you. And I can only hope that you found great joy and purpose in leading the ideas mission. So, Hana, Nana, Nana, Hana, Nana, Nana, na, Cook, Snake of Nixon, and Lily with a silent X, you took initiative. You communicated clearly. You inspired your members. And you did that with a congeniality I can only aspire to. I'm grateful, truly grateful for the opportunity I've had to work with and for you. Thank you all, I'll miss you. Now, joining me today for the first time as the producer of the Ideas Podcast, Bella Winger, Bella, congratulations on your new leadership position and welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, Bella, as you know, later in the episode, we'll be joined by the new Ideas Director of Community Outreach, Carlotta Sentleben, as well as the new editor in chief of the Ideas Journal, Lena Sitar. But first, Bella, you are the new producer of the podcast. You got one year to pursue your vision for this podcast. So tell a fella, Bella, what is your vision for season three of the Ideas Pod?
1: So my vision for the podcast is really about creating a dialogue in response to the message that things are only getting worse and that the future is in our hands, us being Generation Z. And I would like to give voice to Generation Z around the world who is inheriting a host of problems And of course, every generation comes into the problems left behind by the last, but our generation is coming of age during a pandemic and facing unprecedented challenges of climate change, transnational migration, technology, and human rights abuses around the world. I would like to know how we can face the future proactively rather than just reacting and how we can come together to affect positive change what we can learn from each other across borders and cultures. I would like to start a conversation with other people my age of different backgrounds and experiences on their ambitions and visions for the future. To me, this dialogue sets the groundwork for um, collective problem solving and provides the opportunity to approach the future with optimism.
0: I get the sense from what you're saying that you have concerns about sort of a conspicuous lack of optimism. Is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely.
0: How do you think this podcast can help to begin to rectify the lack of optimism that you perceive among your classmates and in your generation?
1: I feel like a lot of the conversation happening in our generation is currently mainly complaining about the mess that is being left in our hands. And even though we're in a digital age, and especially at home, we're all connecting online, I feel like there's a disconnect between other people around the world of our age. And I think it's of utmost importance that our generation really collectively approaches the future. And I think in hearing other people's ambitions, I would hope that it inspires others to see that there are people who are thinking about the future in a way that they plan to change it for the better, and not just complain and worry about these problems that are coming at us.
0: So Bella, whether you've done so wittingly or not, you've just taken a big step into my wheelhouse for what I seek to do so often in my work and in my personal life is to try to help people to pivot from their grievances to purposive, rational action. I wonder what you think this podcast can do to create a space for people to share their frustrations, but then to help them to pivot towards acting on those frustrations. How can this podcast help that?
1: Right. So to me, the conversation that would happen on this podcast, yes, reflects on problems we face today in the present and in the past, but it's less about really what our thoughts are on them. And it's more about what they teach us about going into the future. And I think that's important because it means we're dwelling less on the misfortunes that we find ourselves in currently to talk about a future sort of immediately makes one think that there is a future. And as soon as one sort of internalizes the idea that that there's a very specific future that we're working towards, all emotions involved in the conversation, the whole energy involved in the conversation changes. And I'd hope that it changes for the better. And I would hope that listeners also feel inspired by the conversations that are being had of people their age.
0: Listen, I too share your interest in and at least some of your hopes for the future. And I really cherish this idea that you have that when we begin to talk about the future in a serious way, it reminds us that the future, you know, (laughs) very much exists, right? Like there will be a future and it is in our hands, And I really like the way that you frame that up. I'm left to wonder what issues you seek to prioritize, like what topics and themes you hope to dive into in the first few months, let's say, of your role as the producer of this here podcast.
1: I would really like to hear from people who are my age, but different than me for either it's their background or they live in a different place. And I'd really like to hear how from the place they're in, what they seek as most important and what type of values they are prioritizing and what their impression is of the present and how they're taking that into the future.
0: So this is sort of news to me. I suppose we should share with our listener that you and I haven't really had a conversation about what your vision or perhaps what our shared vision could be for this podcast. But if I'm hearing you right, what you're excited to do is to bring in a more diverse array of voices. So whereas the Ideas Podcast hitherto has largely been people within our community, mostly 11th and 12th graders at the Kennedy School, you know, sharing ideas with each other and trying to broadcast their analyses of situations, you're looking to Broaden the palette of voices. Is that what I'm hearing from you?
1: Yes, 100. I really want to hear from people who are different, and I and I've loved season two of the Ideas podcast. But I, I think it's really important to listen to other people, and we're all quite similar in the JFKs community. I mean, there's an extent to which we are a diverse group of people, and we all have quite a lot in common. And I really want fresh perspectives. I really want varying perspectives.
0: All right. Well, let's put those feelers out there to our listeners. If you know someone, if there's someone in your network who you feel would be an appropriate guest for the ideas pod, a guest that will help Bella to fulfill her vision for season three, holler at us at ideas at JFKS Berlin.org. And Bella, I'm almost certain that we'll get at least a handful of meaningful responses from our listenership, because I know that people are going to want to support you in your effort to reach out to more voices, to embolden more voices, to literally give the microphone to people from whom Kennedy School kids might not hear too much, right?
1: Exactly. I think... It's of utmost importance that in order to give Generation Z a voice, it can't just be German-Americans at the John F. Kennedy School. It has to be people living in different countries, people of different backgrounds. But what's important and what's key is that they're of our generation. They're the people that are carrying the future.
0: So it sounds like as the producer of season three, you're going to try to find a balance between our twin desires to Give students at the Kennedy School a voice with your desire to bring in people who aren't at the Kennedy School who could help to illuminate their world for the kids at the Kennedy School, but for anyone who might be listening. Am I getting close? That's
1: absolutely the goal.
0: Well, I am here to support that goal. I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about your vision. And I know that you and I are going to engage in all sorts of conversations to try to refine and amplify that vision that you have. Now, I hope that our podcasts can continue to dovetail with our quarterly journal. Uh, We actually have a new journal out this week And as in every journal, we survey the student body. Now to join Bella and I in a discussion of the data from our survey on socioeconomic class, as promised, I'd like to now introduce the Ideas Director of Community Outreach, Carlotta Senfleben. Congratulations on your new leadership role, Carlotta, and welcome to the podcast.
2: Glad to be here.
0: We are thrilled to have you. Now, Carlotta, can you tell our dear listeners about this survey? Like, what did it seek to explore?
2: So, this is a survey about socioeconomic class, which we conducted among the JFKS student body. And I think that with 221 responses, we had an amazing turnout.
0: We definitely did. In fact, it was by far the best turnout that we had. Carlotta, I kind of wonder what you think the JFKS community could learn from this data?
2: Well, I think after looking at all the different survey results, something that I gathered is that our student body very much desires to have more open discussions about class, in class, as well as outside of class, because a lot of our students thought that we have not discussed issues of class and wealth in our, well, classrooms enough.
0: Yeah, indeed, a shocking 53.4% of the respondents don't think about economic class at all. And that's staggering to me, and I suppose it's why this issue matters so much. Bella, maybe we could bring you into this. What do you make of that particular data point that over half of our students claim to not think much about economic class at all?
1: Obviously, at first, I think that, you know, it's great as someone who's been going to the school since entrance class. I feel like at our school, the lack of discussion allows for us to come together over other things. Wealth isn't what connects us, but it's our interests. And I think that we're able to see past each other's socioeconomic standing because of that lack of discussion. But of course, when I compare that statistic to several others, such as 58.8% that said that their family's wealth advantages them in a daily life and lots of other questions. They just don't add up because to me, I don't quite believe that the majority of the student body is not thinking of socioeconomic class. I think there's a lot of confusion that surrounds the topic in general, and that may be a result of the lack of discussion.
0: It may be. I'm really interested in your idea, and you wrote about this in your contribution to the journal, and maybe we'll talk about it now or later, I'm not sure, but like that, you know, we have issues of racial and religious diversity that we do talk about, and we have the German American identities that we do talk about, and our discussions of nationality and race and religion sort of obfuscate our discussions of class. And maybe that's a good thing, right? But by not talking about it, it's leaving out an important part of the equation, isn't it?
1: I think so, especially because realistically speaking, that discussion doesn't disappear from life beyond high school. You can't just choose to ignore the fact that there's wealth gaps and that socioeconomics do affect nearly everybody's daily life and so maybe in high school there's a type of bliss that you don't have to think about it and you don't have to think of that of others but realistically speaking you have to be educated on the subject otherwise how else are you going to go into your adult life at all knowledgeable
0: yeah I mean to the extent to which our school is responsible to prepare people to wholeheartedly and empathically engage with people from all walks of life. I agree with you, Bella. We need to talk about class more, but it does come at a at a risk, doesn't it?
1: One hundred percent. Because, you know, you hear in movies and you hear about big private schools where things really matter. Material things really matter, and and showing off wealth is is important and your money or your parents' income really equals the respect you have. That is a very, very common theme in movies and TV shows and is reality at many different schools. And I think it's so profound that at our school, that doesn't exist. At least in my experience, there's really little value put on designer clothing and showing off wealth and even having wealth. I think it's great. I love the fact that we can come together and not look at each other and categorize each other based on the money our parents have or the money we might have in a trust fund, because that's such a superficial way of coming together.
0: Carlotta, can you support, modify, or refute the Bella Winger thesis here?
1: I completely agree
2: with her. I think the survey results especially prove that JFK students generally don't think much about class at our school. Poor shaming isn't a thing. Wealth shaming isn't really a thing. We generally don't regard class as a major factor when we communicate and talk to our peers. And I just completely agree with what Bella said.
1: And adding on to that, I think that, you know, it's really, really difficult. And I don't really know how one would start a conversation without risking that, that quality that we have, which is so rare and is fragile. Because we don't want to make people suddenly feel uncomfortable and we don't want people to suddenly see the world through that lens, categorize their peers by how much money they make. We don't want that to happen. So how can we talk about social class without making people feel personally affected by it and change the, the energy in our community?
0: Okay, well, it looks like season three is going to be like season two in that I'm going to be the disagreeable one, if only for purposes of igniting a conversation. I am not yet persuaded by your desire to sweep class under the rug, because it's difficult to talk about. You surely wouldn't do that with race. You surely wouldn't do it with religion, right? It is literally in our mission statement, part of which I read to you, right, to create a challenging space, a safe, but a challenging space to discuss and celebrate diversity. Why is it that the leaders of this very mission seek to sweep class under the rug?
1: I don't want to necessarily sweep it entirely under the rug. (laughs) I'm just really thinking about the consequences that that may have. I mean, I think it's important, but I think it's, it's re- what's really key is how it's approached. Yes. Because if it just becomes an insensitive topic that's just sort of thrown out in history class, then it could have pretty severe consequences on our community. And at the moment, it's sort of a lucky draw with teachers, whether or not they're willing to discuss things such as socioeconomic class with us.
0: While I do appreciate the risk to which you're referring, I think there's also a risk in the fact that 86% of our students believe that their family's socioeconomic status is deserved. Carlotta, are there other data points that you found noteworthy and discussion-worthy?
2: I think that an interesting observation that we should make is that the majority, so 84% of the student body, does not feel that economic class is important to their identity, but yet a third of them answered that their financial status affects their self-esteem, which I found to be a quite interesting contradiction.
0: Thank you, Carlotta. I am totally with you. Someone's got to square that circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and and people can only square that circle through through good, hard conversation.
2: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Are there any other data points that you find noteworthy, discussion-worthy?
2: Well, something that I personally found quite heartwarming, which also leads me to believe that JFK is able to lead these discussions about class and wealth, was that three-fourths of our students feel obligated to help people with less financial helps than themselves, and more than half think that nobody should be rich while others should be poor. Which I believe shines a very positive light on the characters of the students we have at our school. And this just further encourages me to say that we can lead civilized discussions about topics
1: like wealth and socioeconomic class. I think what you're saying, Carlotta, is very encouraging. And I really like to hear that that is the case at our school. But, you know, statistics like 45.2% of students wishing they were wealthy. I think a discussion, and this counters what I was the argument I was making before, but I, I do think that a discussion would make people really understand what it means. And I think a lot of people have this idea, and I've noticed this among my peers that people really idealize a wealthy lifestyle. And that a lot of people in my grade, I've heard, have said that their ultimate goal is to be wealthy, which is interesting for a school in which we claim we have no discussion on it and in which it doesn't matter in terms of making friends. But personally, I think a lot of people, they've internalized the notion that they need to be wealthy and that there is a connection that people internally have between wealth and success that exists. And I think it hasn't been cleared up because there is no discussion.
2: Yeah, and I completely agree with that, but I think that our school would be an interesting place for us to explore why we associate wealth with happiness and what has led us to be there, and I think that a discussion between our students would be the perfect place to look at that. I agree,
1: but also the fact that 53.8% of the student body says that they occasionally see someone get uh, made fun of for their family's wealth sort of shows that maybe we're not taking as big of a risk as we think we might be doing, or at least as I worry we might be taking. Because maybe it does exist, and a lot of people have either chosen to be oblivious or have simply disregarded it. I don't know, but I do think that a discussion could be very healthy for the student body, and maybe it resolves issues that do exist that aren't being acknowledged at the moment because it's such a touchy subject.
0: Can I ask you Bella and Carlotta do you think that that 53% who have witnessed people getting ribbed for their perceived wealth is that kids punching up you know middle class kids kind of making fun of the rich kids cuz they're a little bit jealous or do you think that's more punching down like the kid who has less means what would your hypothesis be we don't have that data but that was my first instinct
1: I mean, I would say it's probably more punching up. I think that there's more sensitivity that exists um, in terms of punching down. Not to say that it doesn't exist and that I haven't seen it, but definitely I do believe my hypothesis is that it's more punching up than down.
2: Yeah, I agree with Bella. In my experience, it's also been that way. And I think one of the reasons for that is mostly that when you kind of bully someone who is in a lower socioeconomic class with you, it seems a lot ruder. Not that it's not rude to do it to someone that's richer or wealthier than you, but it just doesn't have the same impact because when you do it to someone that's wealthier than you, it seems more like a joke or like a snide comment when you're doing it to someone that has less economic wealth than you. It just hits heavier.
0: Yeah. I find myself heartened by the statistic that the overwhelming majority of students simply can't tell whether their classmates are wealthy. It's like a 50-40 split. 50% of students can tell whether their classmates are wealthy and 40% can't. And I find that kind of heartening in a way. I don't know if it should be heartening or not, but I take some solace in that. I want to take some solace that there's Likewise, an almost even split on the prompt, everybody at JFKS has the same opportunities regardless of wealth. And that's a 5743. And either they're right that JFK does indeed offer equal opportunities or they're dead wrong and we need to talk about it. But if we don't talk about it, we're not really going to know. And engaging in these types of controversies and difficult discussions around socioeconomic status is precisely what issue nine of the Ideas Journal seeks to do. Now, it must be noted that the survey is but one riveting offering in our most recent journal. And we hope our dear listeners will pop over to our new (laughs) and improved website. Thank you, Hannah Cook and read the journal. I'll link to our new website in the show notes. If you dig our journal and you have the means, please do make a donation. Ideas is proud of our journal. The journals are very much a labor of love. And we love that the new editor-in-chief of the Ideas journal is Lena Sitar. Congratulations on your new leadership role And welcome to the podcast, Lena.
3: Thank you, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: We are very much excited to have you. Now, Lena, you've been contributing pieces to the journal and doing layout for some time now. You think about the journal, so tell us, what are your thoughts and your hopes for the future of the Ideas Journal?
3: Well, my main vision for the Ideas Journal is building very much on the foundation that has already been laid by previous issues. I really want to increase the focus point on making the journal not only a space for open discussion, but also a source for information where people can go to to have a safe and comfortable environment where we can inform ourselves. And a way I would be thinking of incorporating this into the journal would be adding a section at the beginning of the journal called To the Core. This would be an introduction to the theme of the journal, where we define certain concepts and terms that may be unfamiliar to some. And I think that this is a very important thing to add because in today's society, I have noticed that there has been quite a big gap of understanding between generations, especially since Generation Z, who has gotten used to growing up with technology, meaning that their lives also very much revolve around social media, There are certain terms and concepts that separate Generation Z from older generations. And I think that by using the journal as an open place to ask questions and a place where we can encourage everyone, regardless of age, to join the discussions, we can really help on closing in on this gap between generations. So this leads me to announce the new journal theme of the Ideas Journal that will be coming out at the beginning of the new academic year, around late August, early September. The New Ideas journal issue will be centered around labels and Gen Z, more specifically how they play a part in shaping our identity. And this will be covering multiple aspects, many including aspects such as sexuality, gender identity, race, politics, and a more unusual but I find equally interesting aspect of astrology which would be looking more closely at zodiac signs and horoscopes and how exactly our generation finds their identity by looking at these. And I find that this new journal issue is a really great opportunity to engage a large audience because the way I see it, parents are always interested in learning more about their children and their lives, their experiences and the struggles they go through. And I find that this journal theme especially can really let everybody learn new aspects of Generation C and their life.
0: First of all, I'm totally into this new to the core section. I can't wait to see what it feels like to read it. It's a splendid idea, and I commend you for it. I have a couple of questions for you. The first of which is, what do you think is going to be the hardest part of curating the forthcoming journal?
3: I think something especially challenging will be trying to find a common ground between the audience that we engage in these journals. We have a very broad spectrum of the ages of people who look to these journals. And although a lot of them are among Generation Z, some are just not familiar with the concepts that we talk about. And finding a common understanding that we can create the ground on which we build this journal certain discussions is going to be very difficult. But I also find that once this is established, it will definitely be worth it.
0: I'm curious as to whether you have a vision for a journal that looks aesthetically different than the one that we have now. Is your intention to kind of maintain the basic visual integrity of what we have? Or are you kind of open to playing around with the visual aesthetic
3: I think something incredibly interesting in today's society is what exactly we perceive as being visually aesthetic because patterns have definitely been evolving. And we have seen today that certain logos that are simplistic and on the simple side are usually attracting more attention. So I would definitely look towards changing the aesthetic, but keeping the core concept on which the Ideas Journal is built. So something that we will be including in the new journal is, for example, a short story or looking to include a poem or just something that has a different creative form that edges a bit away from articles.
0: There has been discussion among editors-in-chief in the past as to whether or not we wanted to invite people other than students to contribute to the journal. Now this could be people within the community, like teachers or parents or older siblings. This could also be people from outside our community entirely. What's your take on that?
3: I think something we have to be very careful with maintaining is the focus on the Ideas Journal remaining a safe place for students at JFKS to voice their opinions and to rouse discussions. But I also think that it's a very important aspect to pull other people from different age groups into the discussion to make this a more prominent discussion. So this would be including having more interviews with, for example, researchers who have a lot to say on the current theme and also teachers. So although I think it is important to keep the focus on the school and the student body, I do think that it is also very vital to take the perspectives of adults, but a way we would do this is just through interviews. And I would still like to think about the idea of having direct contributions from outside the school.
0: I love it. Lena. I wish I would have asked you this at the beginning, but instead I'm going to ask you at the end, why is it that you wanted to become the new editor-in-chief of the Ideas Journal?
3: I'm very passionate about the idea's mission in general. And I think that using the journal to communicate it to a larger audience is really important and can be extremely effective. And I really wanted to play a bigger part in this. In addition to wanting to challenge myself in these areas and enjoying the overall process of editing and writing, I also think it's important to assume this leadership position with really having the goal of furthering the ideas mission which is exactly what i aim to do
0: well lena i am grateful that you've assumed this position of leadership that you've taken on this labor of love that we call the ideas journal indeed i'm grateful that all three of you have chosen to give of yourselves to lead the ideas mission and i want to say to the three of you publicly uh, kind of a version of what I recently said to you in private. It is truly my honor and my privilege to serve and support you three. And I will scream into this here microphone that I am crazy about each of you. And it's not just because you're all wicked clever and hardworking, but it's because all three of you got funk and you got moxie. And he got a profound sense of justice. And I just couldn't imagine a better trio. And I could also not imagine a harder time to do this kind of work. We find ourselves in polarized times, in an age of anxiety, an age of opinions, an age of disinformation, and of course, in the throes of a pandemic. Recently, the New York Times argued that we are languishing. And not without reason. And for these reasons, I couldn't imagine a more opportune time to do this work. Look, I know you three. I have a sense of what you're capable of. And I expect a lot out of you. I know that you three aren't wired To languish. You three are wired to thrive. Look, I expect you to do something more than just managing a project. There's a whole bunch of JFKS kids who can manage a journal. There are a lot of kids who can run a club. But I need you to lead. Vision. Strategy. Tactics. And above all, humility. Humility. Y'all are servants to the cause. And as you know, this isn't about you, it's about what you can do for your community. And as leaders, it's not your gig to bask in a sense of empowerment, it's your gig to empower others. Uh, my job is to say the right things in the right order and then to get the heck out of your way, right? My job is to balance the need to support you with the need to let you learn from your mistakes. And you will make mistakes because mistakes will happen in the efforts to lead a noble effort. And it's noble. And I said this at the head of the episode And I'll say it here again. The Ideas Club at the John F. Kennedy School was born of the demand that in our time of crises, in our age of anxiety, when democracy is fragile, when intolerance is increasingly tolerated, we've got to intensify our efforts to create a safe but a challenging space to discuss and to celebrate diversity. Ideas is about challenging stereotypes, grappling with our own biases, and tackling tough issues. And that's noble. And the simple fact of the matter is that the world is rapidly becoming a less safe space for Black people, for Indigenous people, for all people of color, for LGBTQ communities for religious minorities, and frankly, for all thinking people. And it's your job to do your small part to lead others away from darkness, towards a space of earnest and honest questioning, away from answers and towards inquiries. Your task is honorable and maybe even sacred. And you three have a lot to look forward to as leaders of ideas. And I'm grateful, truly grateful for the opportunity to advise and support you. But for now, I'd like to offer each of you a chance to recommend to our audience something that speaks to the idea's mission. Ideally, this would be something they can get their hands on or lay their eyes on in the throes of a pandemic. So each of you one at a time. And of course, as always, I will link to your endorsements in our show notes. Bella, what's your first endorsement as the producer of the ideas podcast?
1: So my endorsement is something that I imagine a lot of you have already heard of. If not, you regularly listen to it. The, um, the New York Times, the daily podcast Every time it's something completely different and really interesting, and it's short, and it's something I really enjoy listening to while running errands or walking.
0: All right. The New York Times Daily Podcast. We will link to it in the show notes. Carlotta, what is your endorsement?
2: I'd like to recommend the book The Vanishing Half by Brit Benner, which is a stunning novel about two twin sisters who were inseparable as children and then ultimately chose to live in two very different worlds, one black and one white. It is a really tale about both race and motherhood and w- would really encourage all of you to read it.
0: The Vanishing Half. I haven't read it. Should I read it? Would I like it? Is it my thing?
2: I, I think so. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the writing was also incredible. So
0: I will see you in class tomorrow. Just saying. I accept <laughs> loans. Book loans, that is, just just to be clear. And last but surely not least, the editor-in-chief of the Ideas Journal, Lena.
3: Adding on to recommending podcasts, I'd really like to recommend the amazingly done podcast by Chris Gethard called Beautifully Anonymous. It's a podcast where all sorts of people can call Chris Gethard the host. And they have really interesting conversations for about an hour each talking about all sorts of topics and certain personal life experiences. And I think this is very important and interesting because it's not just a source of entertainment, but also where we can get to know a lot of different people's experiences and perspectives.
0: Thank you, all three of you, for your endorsements, for your wholehearted engagement in this podcast, and for your willingness to lead the idea's mission. This maiden voyage was an absolute delight. Listeners, you can find us at sites.google.com slash slash ideas. It's a mouthful. We'll link to it in the show notes. You can read all of our journals, including the issue we discussed today. And you can also dive into our archive of podcasts. When you get to our podcast, do us a favor, subscribe, leave a like, offer a comment, and by all means, please share the Ideas Podcast with your people. Bella, Carlotta, Lena, thanks again. Good luck with your forthcoming year of leadership, and please take care. I'll see you all soon. Bye. 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 Bye.